Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel I stole a kiss at the turn of a mile My curiosity running wild Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go Riding along in my automobile I was anxious to tell her the way I feel So I told her softly and sincere And she leaned and whispered in my ear Cuddling more and driving slow With no particular place to go Nihau. Bonjour. Hola. Guten Tag. What's up? Hello. There we go. For a time, I considered sparing your miserable little planet. But now you shall witness its dismemberment. Yeah, I got a new Bloody Mary mix. Oh, yeah? You're not this doing. Week. What do you usually do? Usually I do Mr. Mrs. T's. Oh, that's right. But this is like one of those—I forget what it's called. It's like a craft cocktail mix company, whatever. But they had this sriracha mix that um, was on sale, and I was like, "Well, that's always a great excuse to try something new." And it's not only very spicy, but also quite thick. Oh, like I would say, thicker than tomato soup. Oh, that's that is thick. Yeah, man, it's a th thick one. So if you hear me kind of like back up and go, "Hey, hey, hey." Then I will know the reason why. That's why. It's because I'm, I'm... My throat is chewing. Yeah, Yeah, I think um, when I was getting into Bloody Marys, which I don't even consider my, myself a Bloody Mary aficionado because I, like, you know, set, pretty much experimented for a little bit and then, like, settled on one that I liked after, like, you know, five iterations or something. Um but I was like wondering, it's like, oh, is there like a, a like a hot Bloody Mary kind of thing? Like maybe like a Bloody Mary soup that you like have on like hot days and like a big a big mug. I mean, you can do it with tomato soup and just put vodka in it. Yeah, that's what that's pretty much the things that I saw. There wasn't anything that was like very particular to like needing to have like I mean, any like difference to it. Yeah, you could totally just do tomato soup and put vodka in it and then just dip grilled cheese in there. See, that's, that's the thing. Like, See, I like making grilled cheese croutons now. I'll make a grilled cheese sandwich, and then I'll cut it up into little squares and just drop that in as I go along. Yeah. That's essentially what I do. I don't. I mean, they're not squares, but they're like, you know, I like rip them into small parts and throw them into my soup. So, like, doing it like that in a premeditated way, like actually like making cubes and like sizing them out appropriately, that's very sensible to me. It saves time. Yeah. Plus, it helps you easier, more easily gauge how much soup to sandwich you need. Because, like, I don't know about you, but I'm not a huge like mm, tomato soup is just the best. I only eat tomato soup with grilled. It's the cat's sandwiches. pajamas. Yeah, so I have to have like the grilled cheese there because if I'm faced with like a bowl of soup, like and Carol zhuzhes it up, she makes the soup good. It's good. It's good tomato That's soup, good. but. I'm not going to be like, mm, you know what I want? Big old bowl of tomato soup. No. Grilled cheese, tomato soup. Put those things together. So i got to time it so that my last bite of soup still has grilled cheese in it. And, yeah. You know, 
you don't want it. too much. You don't want to be off on that that you know estimation too much. Yeah, and when she's feeling really sexy, she'll cook bacon before I get into the kitchen, and and we'll put that in a grilled cheese sandwich. Ooh, yeah, man, it's nasty. It's like a whole it. filthy thing. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm uh, hey James. Hey, Nick. Hey, hey James. Hey Nick. James. Nick. Welcome to Dork. Welcome to Dork. I'm Nick Moore. I'm James Brown. And I'm Nick Moore. You're listening to Dork episode 203. Sorry, I'm a little out of practice. <laughs> um, I'm in a different position in my shop because I had the computer set up from when James was here. So just like, ah, I'll just I'll do it there. Um, but also, it's been a little while. It has. Uh, I apologize for that. That is all me. James, as usual, is like, I will bend time and space to be there for you, dear brethren. And I'm like, I can't. I have, I'm doing Christmas Carol with a bunch of children. So I'm going to be out. I can't do it, man. And he's like, okay, fine. Dude, that's fine. Whatever. So, but we're back. I'm back. James has always been here. He is a stalwart companion. He's got Thanks. your back. You make me sound like a dog. He is a dog. What's up, dog? James is my dog. Yo. Yo. Yerd. Um, so, yeah. Uh, welcome back. Um, Christmas Carol was good. Um, I, I think it's important that I try and participate in that show every year in some capacity because I live in a very adult world. Like, for the past, like, 25 years of my life, it's just been extremely adult like cynicism and the bitterness of existence and making just the crassest of jokes. And that's just how I get by. Um, and so being injected into a group of like 20 little humans that have a very different sense of humor and outlook on the world is healthy. Yeah. Uh, I imagine so. Yeah. The first night of the show, I put a rabbit. I have a rabbit in my car on the dashboard that I've had for like the last three cars that we call Happiness Bunny from um, Shin Chan. But anyway, um, I put Happiness Bunny under my hat. And sure enough, one of the kids goes, hey, what do you got in your hat? You have a rabbit in your hat? And I pulled my hat off and I was like, ta-da. And it was a rabbit. And they flipped the fuck out. <laughs> so for the rest of the show, I had to come up with something new to hide in my hat every show. Because they'd run up to me before it started and be like, what do you have in your hat? And the first night I was like, well, shit. Um, uh, gloves. I stuck my gloves in there. Yeah, I got my gloves. But they demanded more creativity. Yeah. <laughs> so the I, sophomore effort is always a, a, you know, a disappointment. If you look at, historically speaking, you know, art, you know, musical artists or directors, their first one is if it's received in a very um, positive way, then the second one is usually a disappointment. Like Alanis Morissette's second album, or Fiona, Al Fiona Apples, or yeah. uh, some directors, Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So the rabbit was my jagged little pill. Um, <laughs> they, they, they were still impressed that there, they were they were delighted that there was something there. You know, they weren't hardcore Canadian music fans. Um, <laughs> but after that, I had to like dig into my magic box. And so like one night it was like sounds like a vagina. <laughs> so one like it one night it was a dozen little rubber duckies. 
Um, okay. One night it was just an, a tremendous amount of scarves. It ended up being about 40 feet of silk scarves. Um, and like the magic ribbons and candy. And I, I, my finale was my magic appearing cane, which is like, you know, four feet long. And just blam, it's there. So I told him, I said, for the last show, y'all have to pull something out of your hats because y'all have hats and little bonnets. So he said, y'all have something for, for me. You do magic trick for me. And they uh, were very disappointing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of, I got a couple chapsticks and a marker and um, a jingle bell. Not to say that I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was delighted that they all participated. That was very moving. Even the one kid who like didn't have a hat on and he just was like, ah, I was like, so what do you have? And he goes, ah, my shirt. And he like held up his shirt. He's five. So whatever. Yeah. It, it, it counts. They're way, Matt, that's amazing. I guess. Way to, way to go. Um, but yeah, it was a little ejection, injection of uh, some positive Christmas spirit and much needed time in my life. So yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to. Well, jingle bell rock, jingle bell rock. Indeed. James. Yes. Uh, that and cowboying you see, cause that's the other thing. Red Dead Redemption also a very adult game, but oh, I've yeah. been, I've been playing dominoes and fishing a lot in it. <laughs> um, I thought it was going to be stupid, like the fishing, like because it makes you. There's missions where you kind of have to do both of those things. Like it makes you try all the little things in the game. And yeah. I started the fishing mission, and it doesn't make you stop. And I looked, and I'd been doing it for like 30 minutes. I was like, because <laughs> it's very relaxing. I was like, well, that's this is silly, but maybe one more catfish. And then the dominoes, it's like actual dominoes, and you're playing with other guys for money, and it's by rounds and. I mean, if I didn't blow three hours playing fake dominoes, uh, I did blow three hours playing fake dominoes, um, but I, I was having a good time, and I wasn't well, killing you know, anyone. Well, time you enjoy wasting isn't wasted time. Fair. Very fair, James. Yeah. I wish I could remember who actually said that. But, but yeah, so uh, what have you been up to? Well, Jane's been out of town. She went to... Uh, she's been in Boston in the last few days, and before that, she was in London, Geneva, and Brussels. So, and she came home for like three days before she left again, and she'll be back tomorrow. So, I'm pretty much doing whatever the fuck I want. Uh, <laughs> I've been eating poorly. Uh, I've gone to see about five movies in the movie theater. <laughs> what have you seen? Because I have that A-list thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, one night I went to go see the movie Widows, um, which uh, is a Steve McQueen is the director of it, and I was like, I'm going to go see Widows. I think I may have did I already mention this? Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Tell me you were going to see it. Yeah, I said yeah because I said like, oh, you know, Jane's not going to be around, so I'm gonna, like, you know, I'm probably going to go to the movie theater like every single night. Um, but it happened to be the same night that they were showing the 40th anniversary of Superman. On oh. The <laughs> so. So yeah, you missed Widows. I, I literally like I was like you know I went to, came to see Widows and I'm going to go see Widows and I sat in the Widows theater for about five minutes before I was like, how many times in my life am I going to be able to see? <laughs> me? 
Superman, Superman on the big screen. Yeah, like this movie that inspired me as a child, and like you know, I like wept when Christopher Reeve broke his neck. So I mean, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go see that. <laughs> I think it was a good choice on your part. It was a good choice. I was supposed to pay for that though because it's not included on the A list. But I went. I literally went and talked to one of the attendants. Is like, hey, I need to like you know buy a ticket to go see Superman, and he was like, nah, man, just go in there. Yeah, I was like, just do it. They don't care. You already paid for a ticket. Just you go have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> you, you giant man with your eyes all aglow. I'm not gonna stop you going in the movie. <laughs> you you go watch a watch a man fly. <laughs> And for some reason, romance a woman who smiles like a frog. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it's interesting watching a movie that you've not only that you like saw as a child and like interpreted in a certain way, but like that you've like almost internalized in a lot of ways. And then like having come back with like even like I watched this movie a few months ago when Margot Kidder died. Um, I don't know how long ago that was. Was that like a year? It's hard to remember. All right. Anyway. Um, and but like watching it again and like just you know taking a step back there's not a lot of consensual kissing in that movie there's like two instances of non-consensual kissing and like it's one of those things is like maybe i was like oh you know because miss tessmacher kisses superman when he's like all like kryptonited out and yeah she takes yeah and then like when lois is dead super it was spoiler alert uh (laughs) superman is (laughs) He like kisses her and then like puts her down and goes, No, 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 no. But she's dead. She's dead. That's not non consensual. It's necrophilia. I mean, there's no consent. I mean, I'm I didn't say it was like, you know, wrong. I just said it was non consensual. Necrophilia. I want to feel you when you're dead. When you're dead. I'm going to fly around the Earth so fast that it yeah. turns the planet backwards. And that's how time travel works. Yeah, that's, that's, that's solid science right there. That's not what he did! <laughs> what he did he do? faster than the speed of light. The Earth slowing and going backwards is the representation of him moving through time. It's a very creative way to do it. Thank it you is. very much. Although you may ask if he can move faster than the speed of light, why was he only able to catch one missile? Because he was busy. <laughs> well, he wasn't mad. First, like he was just like, I was gonna have sex. Sex, 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 sex. Can't fuck a missile. Plus, he was like, you know, I don't think the science behind, you know, making California fall off. Uh, it's gonna work, Lex. I mean, I can probably just stop one of these, and we're good. Is that? I mean, that's just not sound. Do you know how? Do you know how tectonic plates work, Lex? Idiot! I'm the smartest man in the world. No, you're an idiot. The greatest criminal mind of our time. You're a dumbass is what you are. Otisburg. You ruined my girlfriend's car. Do you see that? Otisburg. Lex Luthor, King of Australia. <laughs> I would love to see Superman two on the big screen. That would be cool. Yeah, that's that's a that's a better one of those better sequels we talked about. Yeah, that's and it's like one of the first times. It's the first time I remember ever seeing like two equally superpowered uh, people 
like battle the shit out of each other, causing like you know significant amounts of mayhem on the big screen. Yeah, crashing no, into buildings and shit. It's fun, man. It's not you know tearing down skyscrapers, pissing off Batman, but you know it. It um, yeah, it's not Man of Steel, but it's it, it works. Yeah. <clears throat> so what else did you see? Um, Spider Man, Spider Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a so, web. Tell me, sucks. James. Um, yeah. Does it deserve the near unanimous dick sucking it's getting in the uh, in the uh, reviews? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't suck its dick, but it's pretty good. I think it was like a ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Mm-hmm. Tomatoes? That just says tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was um, the animation choices. I mean, like in these days, you can make you can make things look as realistic as you want using CGI and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they made it look like a comic book, and I thought that was a really good choice. Um, and they yeah. even to the point where they did like. Um, not word balloons, but word. What do you call those things? Oh man, I'm about to lose my card. The little... thing to tell you about the the descriptions, um, the square things in each of the comics comic blocks. Oh, they refer to another comic. Well, it, you know, the, not not specifically <clears throat> like that. But it's like you know, at the top where they go like, meanwhile in the Batman's lair. You know, those. Ah, uh, uh, that's really cool. You know, there's like you know, later that night. Dude, and... so I, it turns out I know somebody that worked on that film. That was one of the animators. Oh yeah, yeah. It's this kid named uh, Miguel Haron who I went to church with, who was always a brilliant artist. Like early, like real early, we were just like that kid is really talented and he loved drawing. Kind of a quiet dude, but just brilliant artist and also really good on the piano. But uh, I, I f- follow his sister on uh, Instagram and she posted, "Hey, my brother, this my brother's been working on this for the last three years and it's finally out and it's great to see it getting such great reviews." And I was like. No shit. And then when I looked at it, I was like, I can totally see his style on that. Oh, yeah. Like, it's very obvious. The way that he uses lines and stuff like that. That's something he's done forever. I was like, that that's very cool. But it looks like a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And the trailer made Carol laugh. So that's always a, a good sign. There, It's one of those movies also, I mean, because you don't need a lot of background to understand like these people are bad guys these people are good guys yeah so like when they reveal so that when you when you have that freedom you don't have to f- go back and be like okay this is the story of this particular villain this story of this particular villain so like some some of the villain re- were revealed in it like one in particular i was like oh oh shit that's cool nice um yeah i don't want to spoil anything for well, you i think audiences are tired of getting spoon-fed origin stories they're like, okay, we get it. We know where Spider-Man comes from. And then this movie's like, oh, do you? Yeah. I mean, when you when you one origin per movie, I think is okay. Like if you're like having an origin for the hero, you don't need origins for the villains. You just have villains. Or if you have like multiple heroes, only one needs an origin. Because that's like, you know, it's a pretty cool origin story. Uh, which is actually a line from the <laughs> from the movie. Um, Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> uh, says it, but yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. Well, all right, um, yeah. Um, so that's three. Yeah, the, sound, the soundtrack is good too. Like it's all it's all hip hop and stuff, but it like really works. Yeah, 
Well, the scene, the scene where the scene that got Carol is when the, his dad's following him. Don't you love your father? Where are you? Yeah, you got to say it back. You got to say it back, Miles. <laughs> and but like, I was reading like in front of the entire school, and he's, <laughs> his dad is on the PA on the cop car. He's like, Psh, "You got to say it back." <laughs> I love you, Dad. <laughs> but um, yeah, and they. Uh, I was reading a review from uh, a Latina chick who's like, they used Spanglish, and they didn't use subtitles. And she's like, I absolutely love that because oh. you don't need you don't need the subtitles, but it's also nice to like that's just know you're you're part of the world here. Yeah. Like, well, the main character, his dad's black, his mom's Latino, mm-hmm. Latina. I don't know if she's like black Latina or not. It's hard to tell, but um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So we're definitely going to catch that while we're in North Carolina. Bet you yeah. betcha. Because we're going to have Carol and I are going to be out of town next week. We're leaving the 26th and coming back the 31st. Uh. Uh, but basically, it's like we're going, we're going to see my parents, but also to kind of like hang out in a, we like to go to cities during the holidays. So we're going to run around Asheville and Brevard, which are like Asheville is kind of a bigger city. Brevard's like classic small town, and hopefully it'll snow and get that all, that whole thing. But, Bavard's got a old movie theater, like one screen movie theater, and that's where we saw um, Rogue One. No, oh, yeah, and that was a fantastic experience. Well, Rogue One was a fantastic experience. Yeah, so I don't know what they have playing now, but I will be back to talk about it, and hopefully to talk about uh, your thoughts and feelings on uh, Sp- Spider-Man. Um, yeah, it'll, they'll probably be showing Aquaman, I would imagine. So, what else did you see? What else? Oh, I saw the Wreck-It Ralph movie. How was that? I never remember one. the name of it because it doesn't Ralph have the word Ralph in it. Yeah. <clears throat> that was actually that was surprisingly good. That was a lot better. I mean, actually, one of my coworkers saw it before I did, and she was like, oh, you gotta see it, it's good. Oh, my God. And um, it takes a few uh, unconventional turns. But uh, yeah, it's really good. It's like surprise. It was surprising. I mean, I even like I saw and enjoyed the first Wreck-It Ralph, and I would say, yeah, I would say this one's better. I mean, that's like you know, I, I always like try to hold off like final judgment until I'm like some distance away from whatever it is. But like mm-hmm. I, I, I seem like I enjoyed watching this one more than I enjoyed watching the first one in the theater, and I enjoy watching the first one in the theater. Very groovy. It's dense. It was thick with references to uh, pop culture and, and the internet stuff, and you know, mid, uh, video games and stuff. But so, but you, you don't have to be familiar with all these, you know, like every single character in Street Fighter in order to really, really appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, it's just something extra you get if you do. Groovy. Groovy. Did you catch that night live last weekend? Uh, I saw the first um, couple. Hold of open. Yeah, I saw the cold open and like I was meant to watch the entire thing, but I, uh, I, uh, it's on the, it's on the Hulu, so I was watching a little bit yeah. of it. It's been a long time since I watched it, but in the last few months, Carol and I have kind of gotten into it. Um, if for nothing else, the weekend update, which has just become fantastic, but this one was something special. 
Michael, yeah, Michael Che convinced Colin Jost that it was a good idea for Christmas for them to write jokes that the other person would read at the end of Weekend Update, uh, sight uh. unseen. <laughs> they had no idea what they're going to say. And Colin Jost is probably like, I'm going to make him say some silly stuff. And Michael Che is way smarter <laughs> than Colin Jost. <laughs> and it was fucking hilarious. Dude, I laughed so hard I could taste blood. Oh. I, I laughed hard. I had to pause it. I had to keep pausing it because I was out of breath. I was laughing so hard. So to give you an idea. So the first one, the first one that Colin reads is he goes, so a church in Michigan is protesting the treatment of immigrants by placing, uh, by uh, changing up their nativity scene to show the baby Jesus in a cage where he belongs. <laughs> so like, that's the opener. That's the first one he gives him. No, it gets so much better. So the second one, he goes, he says, all right. Like you just see Colin's face. And he's like, oh. This is where we're going. Oh, shit. So the president of Kenya was forced to uh, address the public to deny that he had died and been replaced by a clone. See? Even Africans can't tell black people apart. <laughs> <laughs> and it just cuts back to Michael Che, who's just like dying. He's just like... He's like, oh, Colin, why would you say, oh, why would you say that? And the last one opens with this. He goes, <clears throat> okay, so I just want to be uh, straight with you right now. And this is from me, Colin Jost, not Michael J. having written this. It is my, this is me. This is me saying this right now. So last week was National Rosa Parks Day. Or... As we call it in my house, uppity bus passenger day. <laughs> but like what he brought to the game was nowhere near that. I mean, like, I don't know why I don't know why he agreed to it. It was just one of those things where you're like, oh, no, Colin, no. It's not. No, but it was very, very funny. No. I, I definitely suggest watching at least watching the weekend update segment. There were a couple of okay sketches, but um weekend update was without a question the highlight. <sighs> but yeah, dude, I was in pain. I was in pain. Pain. Uh something else painful that happened. I had to get rid of my truck. Oh yeah, you were talking about that. Yeah, I like I thought it wouldn't be a big deal, but then like when I went to get all my stuff out of it, I was like, "Oh God, I'm sorry, truck." Like you take the name badge off of it and like all the little stuff, and it just becomes a truck again. Yeah, it's like it's no longer your truck; it's just a truck. There it goes. And I got I got a uh, Mazda CX-5, which it's everything I was looking for. <clears throat> you know, it, comfortable seating in the back. It's comfortable up front. Plenty of cargo space. Got a little bit of pep to it. It handles kind of sporty, um, so it's not too boring, but gets crazy good gas mileage. Like on my way to work, it was averaging fifty miles a gallon. Whoa! Yeah. So it's like it's got one of those monitors, you know, that shows you how many miles per gallon per gallon you're getting at the moment, and so yeah. you can like, you know, you can kind of like hack with it to try and get 
as good as a number as possible. So yeah, I'm digging it. It's it's gonna be a little bit of a bonding experience with this new one. I like I gotta, you know, because it's not the excitement there. Just like ah, like I specifically sought out a like a um dependable reliable vehicle that was you know that made sense you know as far as like being useful like i can haul passengers in it i can put the seats down and put cargo in the back it'll hold a lot of groceries or luggage it's good for road trips carol is comfortable driving it so it's got all that yeah but like it's not so it's eminently practical yeah but it looks sporty it's kind of got a it's aggressive styling you know it's Mazda, so it it handles. I mean, these people that made the the Miata, which is without a doubt the best bang for your buck as far as fun cars go. It doesn't. It's not a Miata. It does it's not as zippy? But uh, I've been kind of putting it through its paces, and I can I can live with it, which is good because I signed all the papers. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just it's always weird. It's a weird because I've always kind of been very attached to my vehicles you know like if it comes like a it's like your lion like yeah there we go um which not everybody does but like I'm I'm one of them so did you so, have a did it have a name my truck yeah Incatatus Incatatus mm-hmm. that's the name of Caligula's horse it means to run swiftly it's the one he appointed to the Senate. <laughs> Is it weird that a guy whose name means little boots uh, had a horse named about running? Yes. How apropos. Yeah. And so I've already named I, the first step to bonding with anything, be it a, a office coworker or a dog or a automobile is giving it a name. Cause like once it has a name, bam. All right. Things personal now. So I went with Pilula Mayor. Pilula Mayor? Mm-hmm. Lula for short. But it's French for bitter pill. Because the oh. the, f- the phrase is uh, from a French writer in the 1700s. Ooh, like Moliere or somebody? Um, Voltaire? No. He's, okay. a histo- he's a historian. Oh, no. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So that's that's what I'm going with because it's like ah, it's like what I wanted, but you know you know what I mean. It's like this is what I wanted. I want to change to this. This is what I need right now. But deep down inside, I'm like, I could have, I could have gotten a Corvette, but I I don't think I'll ever own a Corvette. That's I'm not a Corvette guy. Yeah, but, but you know what I mean. Where it's yeah. like I big truck, big truck, yeah, always, 10, ten miles to the gallon. And now yeah, we always risen at being practical sometimes. Always, sometimes, yes. Yeah, but I'm getting a motorcycle now, so fuck it. Vroom, vroom. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was my kind of concession to myself. It's like, we'll, we'll get a reasonable vehicle. We'll have a reasonable vehicle that is a good car for, you know, what you need. Like, I didn't use the truck as much as I thought I would. Um, <clears throat> especially not to justify what I was paying in gas. Yeah. Like, it was 50 bucks to fill up, and I was doing that sometimes twice a week. So right there, it's a big, big old chunk. That's, a, that's quite the expense. Yes. Yeah. 
but also since I wasn't using the the bed of the truck and Carol was always I always always drive when we go places and most of the time we take my car and Carol has to like climb up into the truck like and she wears vintage clothing and so it's a lot of skirts and things so it's always a chore yeah and this this she can just go boop and just sit right in it just feels it just it doesn't have like it doesn't have any like the slouch of like a sports car or that kind of upright grunty lean of a of a big truck it's just it's like a chair it's very comfortable but i'm sitting like literally it feels like i am sitting in a chair in the polite way you know with your back back straight feet on the floor um and moving down the road at 60 miles an hour hmm. like that's the exact position and height that i'm at so that's that's weird to get used to uh but the same time i get the i get the charm like the first time i had to like throw groceries in the back of it i was like oh well that's really convenient i get it i guess oh it's push button start so like it doesn't have a key like it's got like a little fob that i keep in my pocket and and i I push a button and it starts which is weird yeah that takes a bit to get used to yeah i um jay and i have had a, a volkswagen jetta for four years now and like I, I still find myself whenever I like I'm turning it off, like reaching to the steering column to like undo the key. Yeah, thankfully they put the button there on mine, so I don't look like a complete idiot every time. Yeah, you go to reach for the keys and go. I'm just pushing this button. <laughs> yeah, our, but- our button is in the console, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> I do still reach up for the to the tree for for the gear shift. But I've, I've got a console shifter now. Oh yeah. At least, so, I mean, I still, I mean, I still drive my Ultima all the time. So I mean, it's it, it's understand it's understandable why I would um, not totally get used to driving just exactly one kind of car if it was like you know no key involved ever. Although at some point, you know, we may become a one car household. I don't know. Whenever the Ultima finally gives up the ghost. Which arguably should have happened already, but you know. How many miles do you have on it? Two hundred and five thousand. Holy shit, James! <laughs> That's serious. I know. I don't. I don't give. I mean, it, it had like thirty thousand when I got it, so it's not like you know. I put all those on there. You put majority of them on there. You put more miles on that car than like you should have. That's really good. Well, I mean, like the engine block is. You know, they keep saying every time I take it somewhere to like you know either get you know some significant work done on it. They're like, well, the engine box still good. It'll just keep going for, you know, tens of thousands of miles. Yeah, you keep keep up with your oil changes and your maintenance and stuff. Yep, yep, yep. You see, that was the problem with the truck because I was used to, like, Japanese-style maintenance where, like, you know, like, hey, I haven't, I haven't even hit 5,000 miles since my last oil change. And the truck's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I need I need more oil here, please. I need more <clears> oil. <throat> Just kind of, if you could put a little more in there, that'd be great. But you're not burning oil. No, no, it just is the way it goes, man. Give it to me. Supposed to the Japanese car, which is like, oh, please, uh, to have an oil change. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Or not. Like, I, like it, it's quiet. It, the engine's real quiet and like just polite. And it has, you know, like when your car overheats, it has that little thing, the little red thermometer thing. 
Yeah. And when I start it, it's got a little blue thermometer thing. Be like, oh, I just stopped. Kind of cold. So give me a second. Like, I mean, you can go, but there's so much more engineering involved in it to make just this polite, super, you know, this like bunch of torques, high compression, great mile per gallon little car that just like, meh. But also, uh, he's, we are in public. Please be quiet, please. No need to make all that noise. So, yeah. I don't know. It has its charms. I'm sure we'll bond more on the road trip because we're driving up to North Carolina. Most so, definitely. It's like, you know, 13 hours together. That'll do it. Let's see how it, see how it goes. I should think my car is 216,000. 216 or 60? 16. 16. Nah. 16. Shitload, dude. Yeah. Like, what What year is your car? Like 2004. It's pretty old. Oh, that's 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had it since 2006. So. But still, dude, that's really good. Like, I'm impressed. Like, as long as I've known you. Like every now and then you say shit, and I'm just like, the fuck you say? <laughs> like, where you just tell me something. I was like, holy fuck, James. I didn't. All right. I fist bump. But 200,000 miles on your car is, I'm really, really seriously impressed. Like, I, I may sound like I'm bullshitting you, but I am not, sir. <laughs> I am, I am I seriously, am eyebrowingly raised impressed. Turn your key, sir. Yes. The well, closest I got was my, I had a Corolla in college. Um, I I got like, I think I got it up to like ninety thousand, and I could have put way more on it, but I instead I traded in. I got a Scion, and so I got the Scion. But like, two hundred really. Uh, I mean, like, I should get another Ultima though. I mean, because like I was, I'm just really comfortable with that car. One of the one of the issues with the Jetta is, um, I just, I feel like I'm too tall for that, especially when I get in and like I I've hit my head before, mm-hmm. but um. And yeah, the like Ultima's a, got kind of a long cabin. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely engineered with tall people in mind. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's specifically built for tall people. It's not like that cab forward design that Dodge had a few years ago. But um, like I've never felt you know, I've never felt like too big in that car. Hmm. Like there are well, times when I when I get into the Jetta and the uh, I like you know eat, you know put because it's default. It's like you always I always put the seat all the way back. That's an easy thing to be like okay well, I, I don't I don't have to memorize any fucking settings for it. I just put it all the way back, and then like I'll be driving for some amount of time and I'll like try to put the seat back even further just because like I'm just like I need some more room. I must have forgotten to put the seat back. No seats all the way back already. It's like ah, shit. Hmm. But you know I've got I mean I've I have longer legs than some other people that are my exact height. So it's understandable. Well, um, they haven't changed them that much. So yeah. it wouldn't, wouldn't be that big of a deal. Although, did you see the pictures of the new Lincoln Town Car? I have not. Does it have suicide doors? It does. Oh, seriously? Yes. They're doing a special edition with suicide doors. To go back to the '60s, and it, it looks good. The the one that they showed is in like this like light blue, like a sky blue. And they had all the doors open, white leather interior. It is pimp. But yeah, just it just looks gorgeous. You're like, yes, yes. Ooh. But Ooh. apparently, the guys that engineer the town car, 
have for years been pushing for suicide doors. And management's just like, no, 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 no. And I'm telling you, this thing's going to sell out. So people are like, look how cool that is. You open it up for your lady. She sits down in the back. There you go. Isn't that nice? You sit down with your dress on. Not a problem. See, just tuck in. You don't have to like do all that weird Britney Spears shit. All right. And then she closed the door. Ka-chunk. That's a cozy ride. Oh, there and you town, go. Town cars are a comfy fucking car. A friend of mine's dad, that was all he drove. And like when we go to the movies and stuff, like, wow, this is a very comfortable car. It's like riding on a big overstuffed leather couch. Yeah. Did you pull up a picture oh. of it? Yeah. I mean, this all says Continental. But, oh, yeah. maybe, it's the, maybe it's the Continental. Newling, yeah. But, you know, it's still, I mean, it's a Lincoln with suicide doors. Yeah, it's a 50-50 shot. No, the Lincoln makes way more cars than just the town car and the Continental. You know, like the... Uh... There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. Lincoln Continental with suicide doors. Oh, this is nice looking. And I'm not a big fan of like the luxury cars in general, but like for some reason, there's something about a Lincoln... Lake Holden. Yeah, man. That's a big old big old comfy car. Like you get in, you're just like, we're not going anywhere in a hurry. But it's no. by it's by design. Yeah. And you know what? Let's grab a couple of friends. Chill out. They'll fight over sitting in the back seat. Yeah, that's a comfy ride. Lincoln is bringing back the suicide doors. Like they ever left. Are they marketing? Are they, are they using the word suicide in the marketing? No, they have a different term for it. Yeah, um, I have no shit they would. <laughs> but like everybody that talks about it is like, look, suicide doors. But there's a, yeah. there's another term for it. Like, it's like smooth access or something like that. Yeah, like, I mean like all of the articles you know, from like Motor One and the Newswheel and Road and Track are always like suicide doors, suicide doors. So it's like, yeah, that's, you know. I mean, I love suicide doors, but I would if I were selling a car, I would never call it suicide doors. Yeah, that's what they're gonna call it in the showroom. Yeah. Don't matter. Homicide doors. Homicide door. Murder doors. <laughs> Murder doors. What um, <clears throat> guy I used to work with told me about how he used to live up in Wisconsin, and they he had a car that had suicide doors on it, and they would use it to catch German shepherds. Like his buddy's German shepherd would get out and just tear ass down the road, and so they chase it in the car, and they get right up next to it, open the front door. And then open the back door and then just slow down. Uh. And the car would be like, and the dog would be like, ah, I'm trapped. Worked. I don't know if the dog was just stupid or what. Yeah, so I can't turn. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, James, I believe I'm down to my pickle. What's funny is, like, I was about to mention, like, I don't have a pickle because, like, I ran out of pickles, but I still have, like, half a jar of pickle juice. So I put pickle juice in there, but no pickle. Yeah, I made mine with brandy. What? What is she doing over there? <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah, ah. Yes. I figured it'd be okay because it, you know, it's super spicy, and it actually did work. It wasn't bad. Okay. I had a lady at the bar order one uh, with scotch in it, called a bloody Scotsman. And I was like, I don't know. And she goes, Nah, man. Like the scotch is all smoky. It just, it's, it's great. Like, all right, we'll give it a shot. So, I mean, hmm. given the number of different flavors you put in a Bloody Mary, like any particular change 
even like to the alcohol is not going to be like you know unfathomable yeah unless you're tossing in something like ouzo you know but even then i'm kind of intrigued that bloody scotsman if somebody gave me a free one i wouldn't throw it at him here's a ouzo bloody mary all right let's take this ride yeah Give a shot. Oh, with that, I'm Nick Moore. Excuse me, I'm James Brown, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm Nick Moore. You have been dorked. You have been dorked. Dorked. Oh, you've been dorked. 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 Oh, I'm fine. Everybody's fine. We're all fine here. How are you? Who is this? What's your operating number? Ah, it's boring conversation anyway. I told you I saw it in front of the symphony, right? Yes. Yeah. There's going to be a Jaws, uh, a performance of Jaws on January 19th. Was it just one dude with a cello? I got this, guys. We're about Actually, it. the tuba was like the big working thing on that one. What was it? Actually, no, they did the cello on one side. There's a lot of tuba, though. No, the tuba was a guy that goes... I thought it was a French horn. Nope, tuba. I was just listening to the soundtrack show, and they were talking about all that. Huh. It was. It's a higher register than you would expect from a tuba, so you had to play it at, you know, play higher notes than the tuba is usually, like, you know... Uh, oh, no, no, there's a, there's a tuba wars thing that happens every year where a bunch of tuba players from all over the world get together and play music together. That's... It, it's, it's, that's incredible. It is. Uh, it sounds stupid, but it's amazing. I mean, anything that sounds stupid can be amazing. Yeah, it's like one of those Nordic, like men's choirs that just scream. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, wow, I get it. We're gonna go play Skyrim now. <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. I'll see you later. After a while. Yeah, I don't know about next week because I don't know it's the holidays. Things. It is be, holidays. There's like a big Christmas in the middle there. Yeah, but we'll see. I don't know. All right. All right. Adios. Adam Arpia.